Hello, folks. I hope you had a great weekend. Okay, today we're going to talk about uh, a little bit esoteric things within Mormonism and within Freemasonry, particularly uh, the three degrees of glory within Mormonism and the three initiatory grades within the Masonic Blue Lodge. Uh, what do these grades mean and why is it important? And what are the details that we may be able to learn something cool about this? Anyway, thank you very much for being here and let's go. Okay, so let me start with uh, something very interesting. The origins of Mormonism and Freemasonry, at least in the area of Nauvoo and Missouri, are very intertwined. And there is very little talk uh, within the LDS historians about these genealogical connections. And this probably has to do with polygamy. Because... I guess the, the, the Mormons like to concentrate on the genealogy of the founders of the church or the people that stood, that stood strong within the church. And they don't really concentrate that much on the people that left the church or died, um, but were not prominent, if that makes any sense. And the reason why is because of the gigantic history that the church has in regards to genealogy in work for the dead and ancestry work, which is a, which is a lot of the purpose for the temple. Uh, I find that to be a little bit interesting because Mormons have one of the biggest data, genealogical databases in the world but they don't concentrate a lot on the people that left the church, which is, I think, unfair because a lot of those people were very interesting. And I have a theory as to why Joseph Smith took such a long time to become a Freemason. And this is interesting because there were uh, there's a lot of free, American Freemasonic history that happened around the time when Joseph Smith was alive. The fact that Joseph Smith took such a long time to become a Freemason is unusual. Joseph, Joseph Smith became a Freemason at the, at the age of 37. Now, I'm not sure where were the bylaws um, of Missouri or New York or Illinois around that time, but uh, a man can become a Freemason at the age of 18 or at the age of 21. And the fact that his brother's name was Hiram is kind of obvious that he, Joseph Smith Sr. was a Freemason. Uh, you know, my, my theory is uh, that Joseph Smith did not become a Freemason because of the Morgan Affair. Now, let me try to explain what the Morgan Affair is. Uh, the Freemasons have a tradition of blood oaths that are to be punished with death in pretty violent ways. This is according to the book um, Hiram Key. And so my theory is that Joseph Smith took his time because of the Morgan Affair. 
1827, a man by the by, a, a man named uh, William Morgan disappeared. Now this man was gossiping about the secrets of Freemasonry. He was going to publish a book about the secrets of Freemasonry, and the Freemasons were blamed for his disappearance. And so there are a couple theories about this. One theory is that the Freemasons gave him $500 and he just kind of left town. And Joseph Smith ended up marrying his ex-wife. And the reason why this is important is because of the architecture of the temple. The temple, before Joseph Smith was exposed to uh, Freemasonry, before he became a Freemason, there were only two levels for the temple. There was the lower level and there was, was the upper level. The lower level was kind of set up to be kind of like a congregational, kind of like a church, like a Catholic church. And then the upper level, he denominated it to be the school of the prophets. And so after the Morgan affair, after Joseph Smith became a Freemason, the architecture of the temple became very reminiscent to the architecture of the Masonic lodges because there are three degrees in the Masonic lodge. Now, lodges usually only use one room for all three degrees, but today most uh, LDS temples have three rooms, which they have been described in visitor centers. I'm not, I'm not revealing any secrets. Uh, one of them is for the celestial room, one of them is for the terrestrial room, and one is for the celestial room, which describe three degrees of glory. And according to some literature, church literature and some non-Mormon literature, for one to pass from one room to the other, there needs to be a password and a grip and a token. Now, this is just taken exactly from Freemasonry except for the fact that Freemasonry has a, an additional step. So there's step, the password, and the token, and the grip. Uh, and then there's a little bit of history forgotten there as well. The reason why there's a grip is because of planetary assignations. Uh, in old Greek um, literature, the fingers are to represent certain planets. The... The, the thumb is represented by the sun, the index finger is represented by Mars, the middle finger is represented by Jupiter, the ring finger represents um, Venus, and the little pinky finger represents uh, Mercury. So when, sir, when a thumb is placed on a particular either knuckle or part of the, of the hand, it's supposed to represent an astrological assignation. And this actually still kind of lives within Mormon temples more than it does in Masonic temples. Because in Mormon temples that are still uh, in the architecture, there are still suns, there are still moons in the pillars, and there are still a certain number of pillars which represent certain planetary uh, orders or even astrological orders. And so that type of stuff has kind of been missed here and there just to make things easier for people. Uh, it has happened in, within Mormonism and it also happens within, within Freemasonry. 
So in Mormonism, there are three degrees of glory. And so in, in, in Freemasonry, there are also three degrees of ascension. There is the inter-apprentice degree, the fellow craft degree, and the master degree. And today, the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saint does not allow um, polygamy. But that must have really become a pain for most Freemasons, because Freemasons really do not like that. Uh, Freemasonry came from a French kind of conservative world, and also an English very conservative world where uh, polygamy was not a, was not was not common, and so the Mormons also say that, or at least back then, that said that they implied that there were higher degrees of glory. Just not the celestial, the terrestrial, the celestial, but there were other higher degrees of glory. There were kind of like higher degrees of celestial kingdoms or levels uh, within the kingdom, and people were able to attain them based on the amount of wives that they will have. So this is completely way off from Freemasonry. Freemasonry does not believe in polygamy, does not believe in any higher degree beyond the master degree. But there are also higher degrees within other orders, which are affiliated to Freemasonry. Like Scottish Rite, for example, they have up to 32 and 33 degrees, but they're considered equal to the third degree. York Rite also has other degrees. Uh, Rosicrucian orders have other degrees, but they're all and they're called equal to the, to the third degree. And so the fact that the Mormons assigned a uh, number of wives to higher levels of the celestial kingdom is kind of unique to them. Another difference between the Mormons and the Freemasons is the way in which the degrees or the kingdoms are ascended. Uh, in the, the, the Mormon ceremony, you go through all three, all throughout, uh, for normal people that go for the first time or for proxy for the dead. Uh, so let me back up a little bit for those of you who are not Mormons. Uh, the Mormons do their initiatory work to go through, three, through these uh, three uh, degrees of glory. They do it for themselves and they do it for the dead. So, it, so as if they were doing uh, baptismal and initiatory work for a particular dead relative or someone that has been already been dead. Uh, but more for Freemasons do not do that. Freemasons are, are only the candidate can go for himself, and he cannot pass through all three degrees in one shot. The Freemason needs to memorize and be tested in the life. Uh, open lodge where he is tested for a particular pieces of knowledge and if he is approved as uh, being competent and therefore he can move to the next degree now we must also understand that Joseph Smith had to do this when Joseph Smith uh, joined the Freemasons he um, had to deliver this test and back then, now like now Freemasons, we have uh, what do we call monitors, which is kind of like a decipher little book uh, in which we can memorize the, the things that we need to memorize to pass to the next degree. But back in Joseph Smith's time, there were no such things. There were no little books. 
and even hours are, are in ciphers, but back then they didn't even and they didn't even have that. They needed to have a a monitor, a person that will be able to give him the information that the Freemason needed to give for the next degree, uh, word of mouth, face to face. There was no there was no other way about about doing that. But as doing that, also the monitor also became the mentor of of, of that particular person. So in this case, Joseph Smith needed to have a mentor that will teach him uh, symbology of Freemasonry, uh, the work, the floor work, kind of like uh, what is that? Kind of like um, blocking, I guess. Because it's kind of like a play, Freemasonry is a lot like a play, very live. There's like movements and and delivering speeches and that kind of thing, which did uh, that does not really did that did not really communicate did not really passed on onto the, the temple ceremonies today. It might have passed on back then, but 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 not today. And so in, in Freemasonry. It was Freemasonry was a very necessary tool for early colonialists of, of, of that time, particularly because Freemasonry was a fraternity that concent, concentrated a great deal in protecting other members and in protecting the wives or the widows and the children of other Freemasons. There were blood oaths that needed to be sworn about, about their protection, even at the peril of their own death. And so this was quite convenient because this meant that if for some weird reason one member of the community was attacked, then the other Freemasons had to, had to defend the other fellow Freemason. If a person in the community was attacked and he or she was not a Freemason, now there was no obligation to protect them. I mean, they could have done it because they were good people. There were, but there were no um, oaths that were that, that they were sworn to de to de to defend those people. And so, Freemasonry helped the early colonizers not only in that way, but also to pass have pass information, because particularly back then, the the Freemasonic uh, ledgers they show that there were a lot of visitors from different parts of the Union, or in and even from Europe. I was lucky enough to go uh, to the Fredericksburg, Virginia Temple, where they have a ledger with the signature of uh, George Washington and uh, Marquis de Lafayette. And also in that same book, uh, there are also signatures of people that were in the Civil War. Uh, some of them were for the North and some of them were for the South that fought the next day and they died. Uh, I mean, great, great, great history that we can learn from, 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 from those ledgers. And all of those Freemasons were not only part of the American fraternity, they were also associated to, to England, to Scotland, and to, and to France. And to this day, uh, those charters still protect uh, the relationship between those Freemasons. Uh, but, but the Freemasonry was notorious for the advancement of members. Uh, therefore, it was necessary to be a Freemason if a person wanted to run for a public office or to run a business. Uh, and it just happened that Joseph Smith joined the Freemasons at the age of 30, 30, 37. Uh, three years after the arrival in the Nauvoo, where uh, 
he also wanted to run as a mayor. Uh, this was he he became a Freemason, and it just it just kind of happens that it just happens to land on on, on 1942. Uh, one noteworthy point is that Smith was also building temples uh, in 1836, but like I said, they were different designs. So even though the idea of the Mormon Temple was already in Joseph Smith, it wasn't until the Freemasons that it that it changed. And therefore, I, I can make an educated guess that Freemasonry did influence Joseph Smith or even Brigham Young and uh, Woodruff to the structure of the temples, uh, to the architecture of the temples, and to the ceremonies. It is obvious that there is a lot of Masonic influence, and the time kind of leads us to believe that it was not just pure revelation, but that Joseph Smith did in fact borrow things from Freemasonry, unless there was like just the coincidence that the revelation that Joseph Smith received regarding the temple happened around the same time when Joseph Smith became a Freemason. Uh, and so in the next episode, uh, I, I will talk about the Masonic sentiment within the LDS Church in Nauvoo. Uh, then the one after that, I will talk about the Masonic sentiment in Utah. Uh, it, it gets very interesting because there's a lot of interesting relationships between the Freemasons and the Mormons, independent of the religious beliefs, particularly because Freemasons are are they, it, Freemasonry is not a religion. Uh, Freemasonry is just a fraternity where morals uh, are morals and symbols are are, are taught. There is uh, anybody can be uh, initiated with Freemasonry as long as they believe in God. Uh, I have seen people being sworn into Freemasonry with the Bible, with the with the Torah with the uh, Bhagavad Gita, with, uh, with, with other books. And so Freemasonry, it is not a religion. Uh, it is just, uh, it is necessary to believe in a God. That's about it. And I have been a Freemason for many years. And um, I, I love talking about this. And in the next episode, we will cover other aspects which are had to do a lot with genealogy and with the history of Freemasonry. Anyway, thank you very much for uh, for sticking to the end of this episode, and have a great one. Bye-bye.